0: wisconsin's afternoon news is on the air broadcasting live from the annex wealth management studios at the avenue in beautiful downtown milwaukee here's john mccure
1: hope your monday's going absolutely fantastic great weekend weather-wise man was it fantastic my sprinklers are going big time grass looks good though who had a good weekend let's go around the room you guys all have a candidate for who had a good weekend I'll go first. Who had a good weekend? Anyone attending the Donald Driver charity <laughs> softball game had a good weekend. Because, man, that thing was a good time, it sounds like. Sold out. 5,000 people were there. Current players were on one team, led by a squad of legends, were on the other team. So the current players, A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones, were the captains. On the other team, it was guys like Jordy Nelson, Donald Driver, Bill Schrader, who hit two home runs, by the way, in the game. Uh, Pat O'Donnell was on the current roster, our punter friend. And... The current guys beat the old guys 12-11, to and everybody said they had an absolutely fantastic time. So I say anybody who went to the Driver Charity softball game had a really, really good weekend. All right, Wyatt, who had a good weekend?
2: I had a good weekend because I went to my second Pride Fest uh, last year. It was one of the first things me and my partner did in town because Milwaukee throws Pride earlier than anywhere else I've ever known. So we we the apartment was not fully assembled the last time we went we didn't have any friends this year we were able to go with friends and uh, much better weather I then made the mistake of going to a rock show on Sunday
1: wow you had a busy weekend yes
2: should not have done that it was a the the, the it was Mayday parade and all-time low who were fantastic the music was great it was a well-produced show but I could barely stand by the end of it after probably 16 18 hours of standing over wow. the weekend. Plus an early morning radio shift, but it was a, it was very fun. It's, it's always good to get out and do things summer in Milwaukee. I'm excited to
3: kick off summer.
1: You did have a good weekend. Matzik, who had a good weekend?
3: Yeah, over $100,000 raised for the Vincent Barty Cancer Foundation through the Golf Classic and Gala uh, over the weekend. So I we got to see and talk to Jordy Nelson. Bob Eucher were among those playing in. A lot of former Packers as well. Preston Smith of the current Packers roster uh, drove down from Green Bay to participate just a great time to connect in a, in a very casual setting at North Hills Country Club. The 52nd year and over $100,000 wow. raised. Holy cow. What a great cause.
1: All right, Adam, who had a good weekend? How about Andrew Monasterio hitting his first career home run for the Brewers in a win over Cincinnati this weekend?
0: 1-0. High fly ball. Deep center field. Benson retreating. Back onto the warning track. At the wall! It'll fly! The ball just kept carrying for Andrew Monasterio. A three-run shot!
1: Lane Grindle on the call. We'll be hearing from him in just a couple of minutes. Always love when I get to hear the call of a player's first home run. I was sitting on the couch Sunday battling about a food poisoning, so oh, I was not going anywhere, and I was very happy to hear that call. It made me feel slightly better. Well, at least you were in the in the living room instead of in the bathroom. Oh, yeah. Well, a little bit. Uh,
2: also, John, Greg, you guys will be happy. I finally did get my hair cut. You, and
1: your hair looks good, by the way. I meant to com- You and Adam both got your hair cut. Uh, probably not at the same time at the same place. No, that would have been fun though. <laughs> uh, why? You you had a good
3: pound and a half of hair taken off.
2: Yeah, that was the uh, that was the most hair I've gotten cut off since uh, I was a sophomore in college. I've had this short hair for around four years now. I grew it back out. I had long hair for most of my. Uh, lo- as long as i had it uh, up until a week ago for pretty much most of my high school years then had it short for a lot of college and uh, entering the professional realm grew it a little bit long but now i'm back to uh, normal wyatt
1: well you guys both uh, got your hair cut thank you i mean the show has standards i mean you cleaned it <laughs> we up we don't need no hippies on wisconsin that's right and that's new. right Let's
0: cut that hair
1: so thank you we we appreciate it. it's been duly noted it is 414 WTMJ. You heard Lane Grindle there on the call. Grindle joins us live up next.
0: Now batting for the Brewers Radio Network, play-by-play announcer Lane Grindel. High fly ball, deep right field. Rowdy Tellez has done it again. On Wisconsin's Afternoon News. Here's the 3-1 pitch. Caratini, a high fly ball, deep right field. Trailing back, way up the bleachers in right. Caratini with his third home run of the season.
1: Lane Grindle, Brewers broadcaster, joining us live.
0: Lane, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Welcome to Cincinnati, Ohio.
1: Oh, man, it's so good to hear you there with the sounds of the ballpark in the background. Wanted to ask you about a specific play from this weekend. Uh, We played it a couple of minutes ago. Monasterio hits his first big league homer. You are on the call. A thrill for him, obviously. I got to believe as an announcer, that's a pretty cool thing, too.
0: It's a very cool thing, and you want to get it right. And it was a a unique home run because it was to center. And, you know, the ball really carries in this ballpark. And off the bat, a lot of times you kind of know. And that one was one where you weren't sure. And you looked at Will Benson, who was playing center for the Reds yesterday, and his initial steps made you think that he thought he had a shot. And then he started to stumble as he backpedaled, and the ball flew out of here. And uh, just a cool moment for a guy that has come up here and really been Uh, a boost for this team. He is somebody the Brewers felt like really had a chance to contribute defensively uh, over the course of spring training when you talk to folks about Andrew Monasterio. I don't know that anybody thought he was going to do what he's done offensively so far. And even a lot of the outs are really hard-hit balls. He's swinging it really well. He's been aggressive. And, um, again, he's been a real boost to this offense over the last week.
3: It's a nice story and all, but you've been in Cincinnati for nearly a week. Have you gotten a chance to cross the border and get some <laughs> bourbon in Kentucky?
0: <laughs> That's the important question, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, we got here Thursday night, and we were just saying today, like it feels like we're spending a spring training uh, in Cincinnati. We've been here a long time. And we've had downtime here because there's been day games and kind of odd uh, start times for some of these games. I actually... Greg, I have not crossed over. Normally, I do. I will because there's a couple of pedestrian bridges, and you just walk across the Ohio River, and you're in Kentucky. Uh, but I have not made the venture over there at any point during this trip, and I've had plenty of opportunity to do it. I don't know why I didn't. That's <laughs> surprising just opportunity to me. on my end. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that, I was hoping. I was hoping you'd say yes. I, I have a stock we're coming home with this. I should have taken orders. I I should
0: have said, Greg, what do you need? I can bring something home.
3: (laughs) Son of a gun. (laughs) Uh, Some good news today. It's sort of mixed, I guess, with uh, roster moves and whatnot. Craig Council never waits. Whenever a guy becomes healthy, whenever they get called up, that person ends up in the lineup. And it's good to see Luis Arias' name in the lineup tonight.
0: Yeah, I think it's 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 great for this clubhouse. On top of getting a good baseball player back and a right-handed bat that has some versatility. I mean, all those things are really good, and those are the most important things. But to get a guy that is a, a super popular guy in this clubhouse, everybody smiles when they see Weicho walk back in. And so I think guys are happy to have him back. It is tough news for Darren Ruff uh, that that injury is more significant than the Brewers or anybody thought it was initially. It looked kind of harmless enough at the time, other than the blood that was... Bleeding through his pant leg at at that point, but you figured it was a cut and maybe some stitches and a a couple of weeks and you're ready to go. But it is more than that, and that's too bad for Darren Ruff because I do think that's a right handed bat that could help this team. But getting Luis Urias back, who was such a key part of that 2021 Brewers offense and looking to have a a big bounce back year this year. Uh, is a great thing for this team, and and I think everybody's really excited about it.
3: Uh, Let's talk pitching here, Lane. It seems like rehab stints are starting to pop up here. Eric Lauer, Wade Miley, maybe a little off from Brandon Woodruff. What's the latest here?
0: Uh, I had somebody in my ear there. Can you repeat the question? I'm sorry.
3: Yeah, just wondering about Wade Miley, Eric Lauer, Brandon Woodruff. It seems like some rehab opportunities are starting to pop up here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Eric Lauer uh, with the Sounds this week, and then uh, Wade Miley's going to be down in Biloxi on Sunday making a rehab appearance, and that sounds like that's going to be one and done, and then he's going to be back. That's great news. I I don't know that we thought that it was going to be this brief for Wade Miley at the time of the injury. It just felt uh, ominous. Anytime it's that area, uh, you know, shoulder, and, and you just get a little bit nervous. So Um, That he's going to be back in such a short amount of time is great news. He was such a big part of this rotation before he went down with the injury. And Eric Lauer is a left-handed arm that if they can get healthy and get him pitching like he was in April and May of last year and over the second half of 21 he can still be a really, really valuable part to this overall pitching depth and rotation and and maybe out of the bullpen. He pitched so well out of the bullpen against the Royals um, in his second-to-last appearance in a Ruers uniform before he got uh, put on the injured list. So um, depth is important. We're finding that out, right? I mean, I don't know that it's ever been more apparent than the last couple of weeks for this team. Depth is important. It's been the depth that has helped this team stay above water and, and then some playing really good baseball right now. They've already clinched a, a winning road trip and a chance to make it a 5-2 and two road trip if they can sweep the Reds here tonight.
1: Lane Grindle with us on WTMJ. Lane, there have been a lot of injuries. You just documented some of them to pitchers throughout big league baseball, a lot on the Brewers staff specifically. Could the pitch clock, the change in rhythm, the change in pressure, the change in pattern could be contributing to the injuries that we're seeing across the big leagues when it comes to pitching?
0: Um... Uh, you know, that's a it's a great question. I don't know if I have a great answer to that. I, I wouldn't have any evidence to say that it is uh, a part of that. I, I think also we're just more cautious with arms today than we were 20 years ago. And uh, we want to make sure these guys are at 100% when they're on the mound and that they feel good because it's that important. It's the way we manage the game and manage our rosters now. Um, starting pitchers don't go as deep anymore for multiple reasons. One of them is that, I mean, the the numbers tell you that third time through, most guys aren't as effective against the lineup. But uh, it also helps guys stay healthy a little bit, too, if you can manage their workload over the course of a season. That's why you'll see the Brewers at different times go to a six-man rotation. Um, so I, I don't know that I can answer that and uh, answer it with any real credibility because I haven't talked to anybody about that specifically but um, yeah there are plenty of injuries now but I think we're really in tune to them and I think we're very cautious and conservative with how we approach those when it comes to pitching arms because there's been a lot of focus on that over the last 10 or 15 years
1: We got less than a minute Lane how's the food there at the stadium in Cincinnati what's on tap for dinner
0: I I haven't looked I I looked at the menu before I came um, down to the clubhouse and it had yesterday's menu still up there. And Josh Maurer has given me assist. He says, we're having Chinese food tonight. Oh, interesting. exciting. That sounds nice. So so here's the upset of the weekend. Four games in Cincinnati. We have not been served Skyline Chili one time. Oh, wow. What's up with that?
3: Uh, Is that by design for the broadcast crew? Do they just want to keep that away for obvious reasons? (laughs) No comment. (laughs) (laughs) Brewers broadcaster Lane Grindle on the call
1: tonight. Always does a fantastic job. Lane, so good to have you with us. Thank you so much.
0: Great to be with you as always. Thanks so much. Wisconsin's afternoon news on WTMJ.
1: Rose Roy joins us next uh, after we get through this next topic. Then Rose is going to join us about four forty-five. Here we go. The average cost of raising a child in different U.S. metro markets. A big old survey is out, and they looked at this. This is what it costs annually. This is what it costs annually. So if you want to know what it's going to cost and be really depressed, multiply it times like 18 years, or if you're like this generation and the kid lives with you until they're 35, multiply it times 35 years. Why are you looking at me,
4: John?
2: <laughs> why are you looking at me, John? I moved I moved so far away from
1: home. Coincidence. Why is everybody so testy about this? I'm looking at you guys because you're important members of the team and you both got haircuts finally. Oh, that's okay? why. Okay? That's why. Here we go. Matzik, yeah, I'm looking at you too, all right? I'm leaving. <laughs> let's start with a place you're very familiar with Wyatt. So the most expensive place, not really surprisingly, to raise a child, is San Francisco,
2: yeah, and I, I mean, I think it was a, it was expensive to raise San Francisco when I was a child there, but this, as with everything in san francisco, the in my lifetime, the
1: cost of everything is just through the roof thirty five thousand dollars a year average in San Francisco. Child care alone is sixteen thousand dollars a year per child in San Francisco. Also near the top of the list is Santa Cruz, California. They're number two. San Jose is number three. Uh, the Boston area then follows that by Ann Arbor, Michigan. So let me quickly get to the cheapest places. Arbor, then we'll talk Michigan? about Milwaukee. What the yeah. hell are they doing in there? They're the only ones in the Midwest.
3: It's interesting. Yeah. Okay. And who the hell wants to live there? In mean, Michigan, whatever. Not a nice lady.
1: Yeah, she's not.
3: You know what they call her at Ohio State. I'm not going to go down that road. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the least expensive places to raise a child. Kind of what you would think. The cheapest place is Morristown, Tennessee. The next cheapest is Sumter, South Carolina, in the Hello. central part of South Carolina. <laughs> Jackson, Tennessee. Gadsden, Alabama. Longview, Texas. Columbia, South Carolina. Florence, South Carolina. Dothan, Alabama. Okay? <laughs> Those are the cheapest. And they are almost a third of what it costs to raise a child in San Francisco. So I should have told you this already, but this is adding up the cost of food, housing, child care, healthcare, and... Transportations, transportation and other necessities. That's how they arrive at these numbers. So where did Milwaukee rank? So they are rated 200 metro areas. So really like the same metro market parameters they use for TV stations, basically. The 200 most
3: populous areas, Milwaukee ranked 44th uh, most expensive. I would have guessed somewhere around the middle of the pack. Does that include outlying areas like the five-county area? It does. Area? Yep. Okay, so, so like you're Milwaukee talking about a million-plus population. Milwaukee,
1: Waukesha, yep. Okay. 44th most expensive. The number is $24,375 a year on average to raise a child here. With those parameters I just took into account. $13,000 alone in child care.
2: That's, that's an area I was that immediately
1: s- s- struck out to
2: me as uh, I've been covering the news since moving here is that Wisconsin is really struggling with child care. It's, uh, it's a major issue nationwide, but just the shortage of providers too. So not only is it, not only is it expensive, but the ones that exist, uh, there's just not enough of them.
3: Yeah, and so that makes it more expensive, right? There are non-traditional options, and, and that's probably not the best way to put it. But you've got the, the the standard daycare centers, right? Daycare is in their title, and then you have a lot of churches in the area in some of these suburban communities where. Yeah, the, the cost is actually quite a bit less
2: that is actually i grew up next to one of those uh, an armenian church ran a daycare in the backyard next to mine which meant i grew up next to screaming kids my entire life uh, but hmm. it's called kid Co- kids college with a k
1: my mom always said that uh, she didn't want to send me there because they couldn't spell yeah. yeah and your mom's right so uh this is an average remember so if your wife stays at home you don't have this child care cost if you're Parents help watch your child, their their grandchild, for a few days a week. This cost goes down. So when you average it all in, this is the average. Madison was actually more expensive. They're the thirty sixth most expensive. Chicago was quite lower. They're the one hundred twenty seventh most expensive. So kind of an interesting uh, survey done by Chicago smart is athlete. that far com. down the list? Yeah, one twenty seven. That's interesting. Almost a hundred less metro than Madison.
2: area? Yeah, again, the huge like outlying Chicago. Maybe that. Maybe that.
3: Brings yeah. the average down.
1: Yeah, I don't know. That surprised me, too. So
3: I wonder how they calculate the food costs. Yeah, I right. wonder, too. That, that, I know what we spend on, on food in a, in a given year, and it's ridiculous. It's just, yeah. But my wife and I are more than half of it.
1: Well, and it probably matters if you have boys or girls, too. Could sure. I mean, boys just eat everything in sight. All right, it's 444 WTMJ. All day long, I've been waiting to talk to Rose Gray. I love talking to Rose. We're going to talk about vacations, Alaska, Hawaii, how to minimize the effect that a hurricane season could have on your vacation plans. Rose with us live in the studio up next. Vacation, and- the Rose Gray Show. <laughs> I just like saying that. is on Saturdays at 9 a.m. Rose, how are you? I'm
4: really good. How are you? I'm
1: good. I always wonder when I say that what your is saying. I, I was
4: going to say he's driving home right now. That would be great.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> it is the Rose Gray Show. Thank you. Occasionally with somebody else. It's my favorite hour on the radio, and I'm not just saying that. 9 a.m. on Saturdays. I always check it out. So uh, I'm going on an Alaskan cruise with my parents and both my daughters and their men. And we're very, very excited about it. And as I was booking it, I thought of you, because nobody knows more about Alaska than you do. I
4: think that's right. Well, Colleen Allsberg, maybe. Yeah. One other person.
1: The two of you, though. You yes. are You are really it when it comes to Alaska. What makes Alaska so special? And year after year after year, it's just huge. Yeah.
4: It, because it's the last frontier. It, it's, if you're a manly man, you want to go there because it's the last frontier. <laughs> and if, if you're not a manly man, you probably take the um, cruise ship and just are using the amenities on the cruise ship and thinking wow i could have done this i you know it's it's i'm telling you the very first time i was dragged against my will in 2009 to alaska i thought i would (laughs) never ever go back and the moment i stepped foot on soil in alaska i knew i would continue to go back year after year
1: so one of the things i like so much we've been several times also is that like this time we're on a cruise ship and we've done both land and the ship this time we're on the ship and in some of the ports rose I get off at every port, but like in Ketchikan, I'm not even booking an excursion. It's 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 charming. It's little shops, it's the boardwalk, it's the totem poles, and to just walk around it Alaska's easy.
4: Alaska's very easy and the cruise lines have made it easier. And so you what you want to do is just check it out. And as John said, do you just want to do a cruise? And that's perfectly fine too. That's a great way to see Alaska. Do you have more time that you can spend on land before you get on that seven day inside passage cruise? If so, So do some land.
1: Yeah, so we're uh, going in a couple days early, and we're flying into Anchorage like everybody does. That's where our cruise starts. And then we're actually taking a beautiful glass-domed car down to the cruise port in Whittier. But we're spending a couple days, to your point, doing other things, doing a dog sled thing and staying in a resort for a couple days. It's just stunning.
4: And that's always a smart move to any when you're doing any cruising is to get in a day or two early because it just has gotten worse as far as the... Um, possibilities of you yep. missing your cruise because you flew in and had some some airline issues.
1: So I didn't realize this until you pointed out to me today that hurricane season officially actually starts in June. People think of it as the fall, but it's underway, right? It,
4: it first named a storm last Friday, wow. a, storm, a tropical storm, um Arlene, and it looks like it's not going to make landfall. But NOAA, which is the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, says it's going to be about a normal Atlantic hurricane season, which is about 12 to 15 Uh, named storms in a season.
1: Wow, that's enough to seriously disrupt your vacation if you're not careful. All right, so there are areas clearly that are safer options. What should we think about?
4: Right, so... What they consider to be Hurricane Alley, and some people call it the Hurricane Belt, starts um, on the west coast of Africa and goes through the east coast of Central America and then the Gulf Coast of the United States. So Clearly, if you're going to take a cruise in November in the Caribbean, you're at a higher risk of a possible hurricane. What can you do to mitigate these kinds of problems? First of all, it's travel insurance. and I can't stress enough how important it is, and I can't stress enough how important it is to buy it before the trouble starts. If the hurricane is named and then you go to try to buy the insurance, it's not going to cover it.
1: That's so interesting. I I, I also never on the big trips travel without the travel insurance. It's just worth worth a couple hundred bucks. Um, So you can travel during hurricane season. Sure. Do the cruise lines book cruises in the Caribbean during hurricane season? They
4: absolutely do. And here's the beautiful thing about being on a cruise ship. You're on a, a, a moving hotel. <laughs> so if there is a tropical storm or a hurricane in your path, they can avoid it. Now, you might miss some ports, yeah. but they can find other ports that will accept them. Or you can have a lovely day at sea. The, the, the worst part is when you're going to go to, say, an all-inclusive resort in especially like Cancun, Riviera Maya, Jamaica. Those areas that are hit more often, you can't you can't move. You're you're kind of stuck there. And all of them know what they're doing. I promise you that they they have all kinds of uh, pl- uh, things in place that would take care of you. But in that case, you still want to have that travel insurance. Now you can't just say I I think there might be a hurricane or there's I'm pretty sure there's going to be a hurricane. There has to be a named storm. And then. Also, if, like, there really is a bad storm and they would, your, your entire resort would be deemed uninhabitable. Certainly that would cover you for those kinds of things as well. And there's lots of ways to buy insurance. Um, You can do it on our website. We've got a resources tab. You put in all the information. You get a quote. The quote holds for seven days. You don't even have to buy it then. And if you really want to do some research, there's a company called Square Mouth. Squaremouth does a uh, comparison of a lot of different uh, insurance companies, and you can put all your information in and do a comparison on their website as well.
1: How big is Hawaii?
4: It's huge. Both Alaska and Hawaii, since the pandemic, and I said this on Saturday, I'm getting kind of tired of saying pre-pandemic and post-pandemic, sort of like, you know, (laughs) but there's no other way to explain things because 2019 was a booming um, year for the travel industry, and 2020 and 2021 and 2022, can't really be taken into account. So we have to talk post-pandemic, pre-pandemic.
1: Um, Mediterranean, Europe, how big is that?
4: Big. Very, very big. What's the deterrent in some cases is the cost of the airfare. Um, there's, there are more flights going now than ever. United put a whole bunch on for the summer. Um, so we've got some options there. But again, what does this great country build on? Supply and demand. And there's a lot of people demanding seats to Europe and the airlines need to recoup that money that they lost during the pandemic. So yes, there's all kinds of options. Do some shopping around. I always tell everybody if you've got your tour book or you've got your cruise book, you don't have a lot of flexibility. So you kind of, you, you watch it for a little while and then as soon as you feel comfortable with, this isn't moving anymore, this isn't going down or up, I need to definitely make that purchase now.
1: When I was listening to my favorite show on the radio, I heard you say you're going to Egypt.
4: It's true. It's oh, true. My gosh. Egypt is just Absolutely so popular. Colleen took 40 people, and she sold that baby out so quickly that we knew we had to. Yeah. And the, the museum is finally, we feel like, finally going to open. A lot of people were waiting for that to happen. So we're feeling comfortable about that. And, you know, it's one of those places that is always on everybody's radar, but then yep. they're looking at the safety of it. And things have been pretty calm in Egypt lately, so people are pretty pumped about going. And who doesn't want to go ride a camel and see oh the gosh, pyramids? Oh, my God! absolutely. Right? You
1: got that right, so do it with Rose. Uh, You can check out her website or her show, The Rose Gray Show.
4: (laughs) (laughs) It's the Fox World Travel Show, boss.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The Fox World Travel Show is 9 o'clock here on Saturday mornings on WTMJ. Rose, thank you so much for spending some time with us. It is 4.56 at WTMJ.